The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than the crown. You're listening to the After Dinner Scholar from Wyoming Catholic College, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. Those are the words in the courtroom of Portia, heroine of William Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice, where she defends her husband's friend Antonio from the Jewish moneylender Shylock, who, Antonio having defaulted on a debt, demands a literal pound of Antonio's flesh. Dr. Adam Cooper has been reading The Merchant of Venice with our Wyoming Catholic juniors. Dr. Cooper, my first question is, what exactly are we reading here? Some say Merchant of Venice is a comedy. Some say, no, no, it's tragedy. Is it one, both, or something else? Yeah, we read The Merchant of Venice in uh, a course on that's centered on comedy and tragedy. And one of the misconceptions students often have thinking about comedy is that uh, it's all about getting the laugh. It's all fun and games. Um, and Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice and others of his comedies sort of show us that the difference between comedy and tragedy is not that comedy doesn't deal with pain and suffering and uh, all uh, deception, darkness, all the elements that are present uh, in tragedy, but that the work expresses, um, the comic work expresses a certain image of the world in which there is an underlying grace connected to what goodness there is in people and connected to a kind of communal sense and also connected to the very basic feeling that living is good, that the whole comic work is carried by this underlying sense of a grace running in and through life and the human community that means that every kind of suffering, even the most intense kind, can be redeemed. And comedies delight in showing us again and again things amazingly, sometimes through ingenuity and cleverness, sometimes through lucky chances, everything working out to a happy ending. So unlike Midsummer Night's Dream, which is funny all the way through, yes. this is a comedy nonetheless, even though it deals with some pretty serious stuff. That's right. That's right. And what is the story of the play? Tell us briefly the story of the play. There's uh, a young Venetian, kind of happy-go-lucky, Bassanio, uh, who knows how to enjoy life, enjoy parties. He always has a happy group of friends around him. And he wants to sue for the hand of Portia, who is a, a lady of resplendent virtue and beauty and seemingly limitless wealth. But this young Bassanio, though he's a charming person, is something of a spendthrift. At the beginning of the play, he's in debt to the merchant of Venice, Antonio, and he needs, he needs resources and financial sponsorship in order to pursue Portia. 
And um, so he has to come back to his friend saying, I've spent all the money you've given me, um, but uh, I'm going to ask you to give me some more. And this Antonio, who as a merchant is engaged in financial investments and ventures of all kind, all his wealth is out on the sea in different parts of the world, Africa, the Indies, um, Europe. In this case, he's willing to put all the money he has at risk in order to invest in the life of Bassanio, whom he thinks in pursuing Portia can actually become happily serious and seriously happy. Unfortunately, he doesn't have any money in his bank account because it's all invested in these ventures throughout the world. And so he goes to his sort of chief rival in the city, um, Shylock, the Jew, who lives by lending money and charging interest practice at this time forbidden by the church um, because in it, money is used to make money without actually increasing the goods that are shared in the world. In fact, Shylock lends money rather to people whether or not they're engaged in profitable business as long as he can get the interest and his loan back. And beyond that, uh, Shylock is very happy to come and collect people to whom he loans for everything that they're worth if they are going to fail on their, their loan. So uh, Antonio is a public enemy of Shylock because he makes it a habit of lending money without charging anything in return, sometimes not even getting his loans back, as in the case of Bassanio. And he has bailed out people that Shylock was about to possess for what, what all they were worth throw into debtor's prison. The fact that he's lending out money freely means that the rate of interest in Venice drops lower. Um, and also, Antonio has gone so far as to call Shylock out publicly with insult, saying that uh, he is feeding on the good of the community rather than dealing with others uh, in a way that supports the common good. So Shylock is his enemy and he is Shylock's enemy. And so when Antonio needs money, he ends up going to Shylock, taking 3,000 ducats to support uh, Bassanio's courtship of Portia. Shylock will only give him this money on condition that he sign a piece of paper saying that if he fails to bring back 3,000 ducats in three months, he will have to give Shylock a pound of flesh from his, his body. Bassanio happily uh, pursues Portia. Portia's father has instituted a, an ordeal for her suitors in which be, they have to agree entering into the trial that if they fail the trial, they will never pursue a woman in way of marriage again, that they will never tell what the trial was and that they will leave Portia alone forever after. And if they succeed in the trial, they will marry her. And the trial consists of 
being led into a room with three caskets, one of silver, one of gold, and one of lead. And each casket has a, a different inscription on it. Silver casket says, who chooseth me um, shall get what he deserves. The gold casket says, who chooseth me shall win what many men desire. And the leaden casket says, who chooseth me must give and hazard all he hath. We see some pretty remarkable men fail this test. Bassanio has something that enables him to choose lead and to, and something that enables him to escape the traps laid for him in the silver and the gold. But at the very moment that he's, he and Portia are rejoicing in their about-to-be-formed marriage, a letter comes from Venice in which Antonio says to Bassanio, All my ships, all my ventures throughout the world have come to nothing by several storms and, pirate, and pirates. I'm at the mercy of my enemy, and all I desire is that you come and say thank you before I die. Sounds like we're in a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> because now Bassanio has given and hazard himself entirely for Portia, and yet he's infinitely indebted to Antonio. And so in a sense, he owes everything to both of them. We know he's going to be okay because Antonio uh, and Portia both simply want the good for him. Uh, but he returns to Venice to be with his friend in the hour of his death. And there, before the court of the city, Shylock claims what is lawfully due to him according to his contract with Antonio, a pound of his flesh. As in the casket trial, many, uh, this, is the kind, this ends up being the kind of trial that reveals the hearts of many. Many people are on trial here. Antonio, the state of Venice is on trial too because even though the Duke inclines to Antonio, if they were to bend the laws of Venice for his sake, it would show the world that a foreigner does not have equal law in Venice, that contracts are not strong in Venice, and for a mercantile republic whose whole reputation and all his wealth is based on trading with all the peoples of the world, that's a very bad proposition. And so Shylock, insisting upon the letter of the law, seems fated uh, to take Antonio's life. At this point, the judge of the trial enters, uh, whom the audience knows is Portia in disguise. So just as she's the one who's administering the casket test, she ends up administering this trial as well. And she acknowledges the, the right of Shylock to claim, according to the letter of the law, his pound of flesh. But she asks him to mitigate the justice of his plea and to accept three times over the 3,000 ducats, which Bassanio has willingly brought from Portia to, to, to rescue Antonio if it's needed. Shylock refuses. Then she asks that uh, Shylock allow a doctor to stand beside the body of Antonio so that after his pound of flesh is taken, he can be healed. But Shylock says, 
Show me that requirement in the paper of my contract. Show me where that's written and I'll do it. If it's not there, I won't. So in the end, Portia judge says, Antonio, prepare to pay everything for your friend. Antonio is prepared to do it. And Bassanio is overwhelmed with love for what his friend is willing to do for him. But as uh, Shylock brings the knife to Antonio, Portia says, pause a little and let us look again at the contract. Yes, you are entitled to a pound of flesh, but nowhere does it say that you are entitled to any blood. If you can take your pound of flesh without taking blood, uh, go ahead. And Shylock, of course, cannot. And he's been the one saying the letter of the contract. The letter of the contract, yes. Uh, yes. So th then he would be happy to leave with 9,000 ducats at this point, but he's bound to the letter of the contract, so no 9,000 ducats. And then he would be happy to back away from the situation, but Portia says the law has another claim on you. It says in the laws of Venice that if anyone has practiced to either directly or indirectly to destroy the life of a Venetian citizen. His life is forfeit to the state and his wealth to the man uh, whom he plotted against. Antonio and the Duke are quick to offer Shylock mercy as long as he takes the difficult step of converting to Christianity in a condition that modern readers find deeply disturbing um, and is worth pondering, can he possibly uh, be ready to convert to Christianity at this moment. Perhaps, perhaps not. But perhaps having had Antonio, his enemy, at his mercy and shown him no mercy, while at the same time receiving mercy from him, he might be ready to reconsider the principles on which he lives. That aside, Portia here enters not to abolish the law, and indeed not even to abolish its letter but to reveal indisputably that the law serves the good and happiness of its people. And the law ultimately serves the kind of love that we can only have, the law of Venice ultimately serves the kind of love that we can only have in a Christian community. So if, if Antonio in his willingness to forgive the debts of Bassanio and to indebt himself to his mortal enemy in order to provide for the happiness and good of his life reveals something like the love of Christ. Portia also does in, not in the form of sacrificial victim, but in the form of righteous judge um, who comes and without bending justice unfolds the, the deepest meaning of justice as including mercy and serving love. Now, Shylock, first of all, the question comes up, I know in the interpretation of the play of whether or not this is just an anti-Semitic kind mm -hmm. of thing, but there are those who say he's the villain. Others say he's much more sympathetic than that. His first speech in the play that is given aside, that is addressed to the audience and not to any character there, he's speaking about Antonio and he says, I hate him for he is a Christian. And if I can find a way to trip him up and cause his ruin, I'll do it. That sounds pretty villainous. It sounds pretty villainous. So Antonio has, as Shylock 
never ceases to remind us, also spat upon uh, Shylock and called him dog, publicly insulted him. And though we don't see Antonio repeating these insults in the course of the play, when Shylock mentions it, he doesn't deny it and says, actually says, I would be willing to call you dog again. So we have to ask, what is the nature of the enmity between Antonio and Shylock? Does Antonio call Shylock dog because he is a Jew? And does he, at the end of the play, um, exact a very subtle form of revenge in forcing him to convert to Christianity? When Shylock is dragging Antonio to prison, what he thinks will ultimately be his death, uh, Shylock says, here is the fool who lent out money freely. And it seems that what Antonio hates in Shylock is the fact that not only does he seek his own profit at the expense of others, but that, as we see in the play, he seeks to justify this from scripture and holds himself righteous in, in the eyes of God. And he believes that he is uh, within his rights according to a strict interpretation of the law. What Shylock seems to hate in Antonio is that there's something in the generosity of Antonio, lending money, forgiving debts, that makes him look bad. Here is the fool who lent out money freely. And when his debts come due, he can't pay them. It's like a kind of moral victory. So I, at least I, I would like to argue that, that Antonio calls Shylock a dog because he thinks he feeds on uh, the life of others. And that he's not too far off from Jesus's accusations to the scribes and Pharisees who put so much emphasis on the letter of the law um, while neglecting as Christ says, the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Shylock seeks to justify by the law actions which tend to the destruction of others. And this enrages Antonio. What do the students think of the play? In the same humanities class where we uh, read this play, they memorize Portia's great plea for mercy. We have long conversations about both the nature of the enmity between Antonio and Shylock, whether Bassanio, who receives the generosity of Antonio, whether Antonio ought to be as generous to Bassanio as, as he is when Bassanio seems to just waste his money. There's this hilarious moment in the trial where Antonio is about to die and Portia is there incognito as the judge when Bassanio says, Antonio, I'd give everything for you. I'd give you all my wealth, all my wife's wealth, my wife herself, just to save your life. Because in that moment, he sees how much Antonio loves him, where just two scenes before, he's uh, said he's ready to give in hazard all for Portia. So there are questions about whether an economy, a culture, a society that's based on generosity and love is really stable. Antonio isn't ready to pay his debt to Shylock initially. Bassanio owes everything to Portia and he owes everything 
to Antonio. He's infinitely indebted in, in more directions than one. How can, even though he is of a fully generous heart, how can he give, his, give what is due in every direction? Uh, and so all these questions uh, come up. I think they're the paradoxes of the attempt to create a Christian culture. And Shakespeare shows us, shows wonderfully the fact that Bassanio owes so much in two directions only increases the love that exists, not only between him and Antonio and him and Portia, but between Antonio and Portia and, and all their friends. So. Dr. Cooper and I did not, in fact, get all the way to the happy ending of the play. And I hope that what Dr. Cooper has shared, along with not knowing the ending, will induce many of you to take up your Shakespeare and read The Merchant of Venice. We also didn't get to this wonderful part of the play. The man that hath no music on himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treason, stratagems, and spoils. The motion of his spirit are dull as night, his affections dark as Erebus. Let no such man be trusted. Hoping your heart and home are filled with music. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.